Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Lena Morgan. And this is Song versus Song. Oh, God, it's good to be back. Maybe. Is it? <laughs> I don't right. know. <laughs> <laughs> I really, you know, I just, it's it's the, it's just how gung-ho, is that, can you say gung-ho? That seems wrong now, right? I That's, think gung-ho is fine. You seem really excited to come back. It's on my mind because one of the two songs we're going to discuss is inexorably tied to a word that was said very commonly in the 90s we absolutely do not say anymore. <laughs> Does it start with W? It sure does. <laughs> okay, Tom, we, would you like to introduce the songs? Yes. We are going to pop punk like it's 1999. We are doing Blink-182's What's My Age Again versus The Offspring's Pretty Fly for a White Guy. And all the girlies say, I'm pretty fly for a white, for a white guy. <laughs> I, I think I was uh, born to do this because 1999 was like my coming of age, I guess, where I was like, wait, music can be good. And uh, that's when I really got sure. into it. This is when I was first really started watching MTV. And this is like, both of these songs are indelibly written into my brain. Like, I will never, ever uh, forget these songs. I don't know, like, how it is for you, because I... I the, what I've gathered from you is that you are not really into the like the two thousands uh, pop. Punk well, so this scene. is so this is really like the very end of it for me, right? Right. Which we'll we'll get into. Uh, I'll certainly have a, a a a point of view that represents the era from which I am from uh, about certainly one of these two bands. But yeah, I mean, I would say once you get into the two thousands, that's when I'm in college, and so I'm certainly. At that point, listening to what Beavis and Butthead did describe the as a uh, college rock. <laughs> uh. Well, I was still a teenager, and a pretty young teenager too. So I, it was like the exact right moment for me to be really into "Pretty Fly for a White Guy" and "What's My Age Again," and uh, I had both these CDs. In fact, the Offspring's Americana is, I think, the first CD I purchased with my own money. Pretty good. Pretty good record. To, if it's your first, that's not bad. We've well, talked about what my, we talked about what my two were, my two first CDs, which was, were Pearl Jam's 10 and Rex's Effect. Okay. I will be actually perfectly honest here. It was like the first legitimate CD I ever bought. The first one I bought was, I think, um... Weird Al's Running with Scissors, which, you know, that's a good one, too. But like that's a great that's that's that to me is an all timer. That's one of my favorite Weird Al records, which means I had uh, the album with Pretty Fly for a Rabbi. Before Rabbi. I, <laughs> before I had the one with Pretty Fly for a White Guy. Actually, I don't know if Weird Al was the first one. My first CD I ever bought with my own money was probably WWF The Music Volume 3, then Weird Al, then The Offspring. And uh, I also had Adam of the State. I was really into both those uh, albums, or or at least I was like, those were the first ones I was um, empowered to buy, pay actual money for. I don't think I actually liked either of them that, all that much, honestly. Like I, you know, there was like, oh, you know, that's interesting, but I'm going to move on to something better. I was already a snob at fifteen. Oh, uh, not well. <laughs> I will. All right. So, do you want to do you want to lay claim? Because all really, all I'm going to add to this conversation is what everybody already knows, which is that I was listening to pop punk before you did, mm-hmm. and so my introduction was more of the the No Effects era and their label. So it was a lot of like Lagwagon, Propagandi, me first in the Gimme Gimmies, I guess <laughs> technically. You know, uh, Hagfish, you know, a lot of like bands that never really broke through. I don't even know that last one. Well, for all you know, I made it up. Uh, (laughs) I didn't. But it just means that by the time, and Blink-182, for the record, um, you know, the album that you're talking about, the album that we'll be talking about, uh, Enema of the State, is their third album. Were you into it? Or is it fourth? Well, it's, it's one, two... Three, four. It's number four. Wow, I've never even uh, heard of the first one. Uh, yeah. Wait, so, was it? Is it Cheshire Cat? Was, was the name of one of them? 
Uh, yeah, Buddha is the first one that came out in '94. Uh, Cheshire Cat came out in '95. Uh, Dude Ranch came out in '97, and then Enemy Enemy of the State came out in '99. So what I can say about it is that uh, Blink One Eighty Two was on my radar long before they became Blink One Eighty Two, the Super very stars. famous pop punk band. Because they were, because uh, I think Offspring is kind of they're like they're more alt, like they're like alt punk. I don't know. They're slightly different to me. They're, they they can- never quite felt landed in the same space. Blink One Eighty Two felt like they were of a piece with like Goldfinger, more Goldfinger. so than they were of a piece. Yeah, than, than they were with Offspring for me. They do seem like very different bands, and like. I feel like they the arc- just felt like they were a little closer to like your your uh, your Nirvana's your your Stone Temple Pilots like they felt like they were sort of like a little bit closer in that direction and then Blink One Eighty Two felt like they were a little further in the in the in the like very punky direction like punk 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 pop punk you know like they were influenced by like uh, Op Ivy and and Rancid and and stuff like that like they like I don't think they were ever ska but they were probably influenced by some of those guys. You know, the, the, yeah. the ska punk kids of the 90s era. As this was my introduction to both uh, punk and the internet in 99, I remember there were a lot of debates, but I was like, you know, one of them is, you know, the real punk and the other ones just sell out garbage. I feel like on both sides of it, like I, I can't remember which one was which. I think there were like arguments for both sides during the 97 to 99 period. I even mean, there wasn't like a real rivalry or anything, but I remember like the punks online arguing about which one was real and which one was, was fake of these two bands. Yeah. Of these two bands. I remember this. It, that's very interesting to me. I, uh, so the internet, mm-hmm. uh, I, I definitely had it. I had AOL, I think starting in like 96, which really, boy, mm-hmm. I love dating myself. Uh, maybe 95. I definitely wow. remember having. You were way had, ahead of the game. Well, yeah, but, you know, I mean, we didn't really use the Internet much. I mostly just like we got, I remember getting um, the, the first I got a Micron. It was a Pentium processor. And I remember it didn't even come with uh, Windows 95. We came up with Windows 3.11 and we had to manually upgrade to Windows 95. And I played with Microsoft Bob a lot. So I'm not really sure how much credibility I have as far as what was happening on the internet at the time. But I'm sure you were way I was playing Microsoft Bob. (laughs) Okay. But uh, so I'll take your word on that. I could tell you what was happening on the streets. (laughs) That's what I come to you for. That's right. I have I got the street knowledge. Um, <laughs> all the girlies say I'm pretty fly. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I I remember that Blink One Eighty Two was legit for a time. For a and period. Then uh, I think that the first conversations, the first time I heard them referred to as quote sellouts, was when Dude Ranch came out and Damn It was a hit. That was the first time I started to they because they had any popularity at all. So the kids that I knew that knew about this music before I did, the kids that I was like trying to be as cool as when I was trying to be pretty fly, um, the kids <laughs> who whoops I was I was trying to achieve the cool level of had been listening to Blink, Blink 182. And once Damn It came out and everybody else had heard it or more people had heard it, it was too much. And they were like, I'm out. I don't care about Blink 182. And then by the time Enema of the State came out, um, then they I remember them becoming complete. They were complete sellouts, right? Mm-hmm. That was – I remember really – and not even what's my age again. It was all the small things because, you know, if you listen to Damn It, it's still there's – a, there's a tone, a quality to the to, to vocals in mm-hmm. 90s pop punk, which, sound, which sounds like this. Like you know, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. You were all familiar with that sound? Yes. All the small things is, all the small things. It's so poppy. It's so, I that I remember at that point, they, a, a, amongst a bunch of teenage losers and who cares what they think, 
uh, they were sellouts. I'm sure they were making so much money that they did. They were just, you know, wiping their tears with ten billion dollar <laughs> yeah. bills. You know, I'm sure they were fine. But I do remember all the small things being the turning point. I don't know. Like I was talking to a bunch of older people online, which I probably shouldn't have, but they were what? They were not into Blink. I was. I was. You know, enough to buy the album. You know, like this is a, a study in contrast because I think pretty much everyone agrees that Blink-182 were either peaking or on their way up in 99. Like, yeah, like I would say they peaked in 99, but I, I do really like the stuff they put out a few years after Adam of the State 2 versus The Offspring, whose arc was at the very least on the way down. Like, they they were never as big as they were when they had that first album. And now they were, what the fuck were they doing? Like, like if you were a longtime fan, I can't even imagine imagine what it was like to turn on you know what's the new offspring album going to be and you're hearing Gunter Glieben Glaus and Globen give it to me baby uh-huh, uh-huh. I can't believe you committed so much to that but you did it <laughs> you really you really went there I mean I don't I like there's stuff I like off, off of um off of Americana um and I remember listening to 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 smash um mm-hmm and I think that's why, like, like ninety four for me in my mind is still like we're deeply influenced by in utero. The end of the Nirvana era is still being really felt in alt rock, you know. And so I think that when you listen to like come out and play and self esteem and stuff like that, that album still feels like it's leaning more in that direction. And when you get to Americana, it is a little more. Poppy, but I mean, I don't know, man. If you, if it, if it was, and I'm again, like I haven't, we haven't even gotten to which ones we picked. But I will say, you know, I thought that if we were going to do a versus for these two bands, my bid had been that it would be um, all the small things versus the kids aren't all right because they both have like those harmonies going on. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that because. To me, those two songs could not be less alike. Like all the small things, like you said, is like the poppiest. You know, she gave me roses by the stairs versus like, um, you know, kids are all right, aren't all right. That's like the hardest song of their career. Like, it's, But the thing is, it's very accessible because yeah. of those harmonies. Like that's, you know, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with that necessarily. Well, actually, I don't know if I agree. Um <laughs> I mean, it's certainly it's not, it's it's not very, the hardest song of their career. That's it's that's very well, it's very dr- driving, certainly. Right. Yeah. Like it's got a very driving, steady beat. Like if I was going to compare it um, with another, you know what I would what I would compare it with as far as like this, the, the steady, like just the beat of it and of music of that time, I would compare it with maybe like um, Monkey Wrench by Foo Fighters. That makes sense. You know, like these two songs are the ones I picked. Because they, well, they came out in the same year, but also they just were hilarious to me as a 15 year old who, uh, you know, they were like so immature. I mean, what's my age again is like the Blink-182 manifesto at the time. Immaturity at all costs. You know, they're running down the street naked. Ooh, ha 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 You know, pretty fly for a white guy. It was like it was about making fun of uh, of losers of a very specific kind of loser. But. It was, yes. Okay. So look, let's. We've now talked for about fifteen minutes, just about. Mm-hmm. We've set let, the, let, we let, set the stage. Yes. Let us dispense with 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 the niceties, friend. Mm-hmm. Who who are you who are you going for? Are you Team Offspring? Or are you Team Blink? You know, I'm gonna echo something I did read in the comments. If this were any other Offspring song, you could probably go to toe, go to toe with any Blink 182 song. But like, what's my age again is like the, the Blink-182 manifesto. That was like what they were about versus Pretty Fly for a White Guy, which is so off for the offspring. It's so not what they're about. And it's like like a weird left turn into like they're the really good stuff. I think I have to go with Blink-182 here. I'm so happy. Oh, we got a we got a real debate going on here. A long line. It's been, you know, it happens so rarely now. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, I, I had stuck. So where you landed was my starting place. 
right? Mm-hmm. When I started, you know, I mean, as, as, as longtime listeners know, I love playing contrarian to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, wherever I start, I almost always end up switching as I, as I look things up. And I don't disagree with what you've said. However, what I have come to respect about uh, Pretty Fly for a White Guy, having gone back and revisited it and, and, and that record and that era, is that it did so successfully, as, as ridiculous as it is, as obnoxious as it can be, it may not be the most offspring song, but it really captured a type of person that existed when I was in high school so well. <laughs> you could say that it's dated, and I'm sure that it is, but I'm going by which song perfectly encapsulated a common problem, <laughs> a common irritation of that time. And the thing is that, like, no, I mean, we don't, uh, you know, the, I'm not going to say the word, but yes. So we said that there, yes, there is a term that got used in the 90s a lot that we don't say anymore. It is the N word, but with a W at the front instead. The. Interesting thing about it is that, you know, I can't, you know, I was having this conversation with, with Darren where uh, we landed on, it makes sense that we don't say that word anymore. <laughs> I can't believe However, we ever said that. But yeah. let me say this, um, what it actually, I don't, I never, you know, I'm sure they existed. I'm sure there were people that said it and were just truly straight up racists. But here's, here's what I know when the people around me were using that word. It was literally just, we didn't have, we weren't using the term cultural appropriation yet. It was just a snide, really mean way of saying you're trying to be black and you don't have the first clue about the culture. So what you're doing is completely fake and completely terrible and you deserve to be beaten in the streets for it. That's it. That was it. It wasn't some kind of slight against black people. It was specifically white people should not do this because most of them that are trying to get into this culture are doing it because they think it will be, make them cool. They they will make them better and they are incorrect. Yeah. I was like re-listening into it for the first time in forever. And uh, I was like kind of shocked how well it's aged. Like it, like it plays even better now, honestly, now that we're, now that cultural appropriation is a word everyone, you know, is somewhat familiar with. Like the offspring were way ahead of the game on that one. I mean, yeah, com- com- completely. You get, I mean, look again, the, that they, um, you know, the thing that I think actually kind of saves the song is considering the era, they could have used that word. They could have used that <laughs> word that we're not going to say, but they didn't. And oh. it actually, if they had, I think the song would be, no one would ever listen to it again. It would really have aged terribly, but because they're genuinely just, you know, making fun of the guy and the music video is, is pretty good. Although did you read the same thing that I read? Was about that? who they originally wanted for the music video? No, I did not. Let me guess. Is it Dustin Diamond? No, that's a pretty good guess. But I remember it, that would have been great. I, I remember him being in a couple of music videos at the time. Is it? Um, no, I, I've got no guess. Who? Seth Green. Because and you already know exactly why. Because it can't hardly wait. Because it can't. Because it can't wait. hardly wait. I mean, it doesn't actually say that in the thing that I read, but there's literally no other explanation. He had literally just played a character that w- was this. That was this guy. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of wait. wonder if that's what inspired the song. Can't hardly wait. Yeah, Seth Green plays a kid that is wearing a lot of baggy clothes and speaking in a way that he thinks black people speak. He's incorrect. He seems like a buffoon because he is one. And yeah, if you told me that the the song came from that movie particularly, I would believe it. But I think it's just more likely that it was just in the ether. I mean, this was a this was quite this was quite a thing. Yeah, you know? there was a- I mean, it's still it's not like, you know, people still are trying to appropriate black culture all the time, but. I don't know if it was ever quite as cringy and, and embarrassing as it was in the in the mid and late 90s. Yeah, it it was definitely a thing. It was definitely awkward. I don't know, like part of like why I was like not really looking forward to revisiting Pretty Fly for a White Guy. I was like, I remember thinking, like, man, this is just mean. This is just like beating up on people versus what's my age again, which is, you know, it's about yourself and what an idiot you are. And that was something I could uh, relate more towards. But also, I now that I 
now that I re-listened to What's My Age again, I was like, are we really laughing at Mark Hoppus here? I think we're laughing with him. I think we're supposed to, it's like, yes, prank phone calls are great. And yes, I would rather watch TV than have sex at certain moments. I mean, yeah, well, you know, that's <laughs> a, that's a, he said ADD and I was like, what is Ace again? I was like, I, no. anyway, yeah, I don't, the thing about that song, uh, the really short version, and I mean, we should talk about it in more detail, but I just think that Damn It is better because Damn It is much more um, like, I guess this is growing up, right? He's <laughs> yeah, much more then- self-aware. Like to me, it's the, it's so weird because uh, you listen to what's my age again and it's them getting older and still trying to appeal to teenagers. And it's the first time that I felt, you know, I mean, I don't know how accurate that actually is, but it definitely to my own, like late teens, early twenties mind, that's the kind of sellout that I was feeling towards them was they're trying to still appeal to the youths like how do you do Mm. fellow kids with what's my age again whereas damn it felt specifically like we i guess we have to start growing up yeah that's a damn it is very much a non-pandering song is versus what's my age again i guess all right yeah i mean the damn it is i mean look it's it's a it's it is it is the four chord song you know it is Mm -hmm. that song that is every other song but um, but I like, but the, but the hook is great that it's great. Like if you want something like that, it's, it's about as, it's about as good as it can be. Um, well, so yeah, know, I just always prefer, I always preferred the one over the other. And that's another big factor in, in why I decided what I did. You know, speaking of pandering, I, uh, I saw a quote from, um, the guy from simple plan. I can't remember what that guy's name is, but he was like, yeah, animal of the state like birthed all the pop punk that came after it. Like it was like so influential. It was so important to the rest of us. So, you know, you can call it pandering if you want, but like no one's going to say that for pretty fly for a white guy. No one's going to say like this changed my life. This is what I wanted to do with my life because of Americana, the album from 1998. Before we did this, I mentioned to Underberger who we've had on here a couple of times I mentioned that this was going to be our next episode and he was just appalled. He was just like absolutely appalled. Like one of the best pop punk songs ever made in Blink-182 versus this goofy, stupid ass novelty. I can't, I can't really argue against that. Oh, I think I just have. No, that's the thing is that to me, it isn't, it isn't a novelty because just as much as it's, 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 it speaks to the specific, the specificity of that era Mm-hmm. There, it is timeless because this thing that people were doing in the '90s is a thing that they still do today. It's transformed slightly, but it's still the same garbage behavior. It's still <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah, I, it's not a novelty song because this the subject matter has dated. It's a novelty song because give it to me, baby. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, uh-huh. it is very. It already sounds like a Weird Al song. Yeah, like I, it's a weird song for weird Al to parody because it's already a comedy song. I still, I still enjoy, I still appreciate it. I mean, oh, yeah. all, all the girls say that I am pretty fly for, for a rabbi. Here's the thing, because I got into this as a teenager and then I grew up, and I guess this is growing up, but <laughs> I remember both of these albums sucking. I'm, you know, that was my memory of it because I remember like even as like a you know a kid like it was like this Blink One Eight Two album is really basic, like the melodies are really basic, and you know like na 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 like these are not trying very hard. These feel very amateurish to me. Like like I said, by fifteen I was already a snob, and I remember Americana getting scathing reviews. Like I remember the AV Club was like this is pop punk's cherry pie like this is a an album that's going to absolutely kill the genre like warrant's cherry pie did the hair metal they were not correct about that but no that, yeah that's that suggests that you do a train records about yeah. it and, I, and that would never happen i don't think i mean if you were going to do a train records it would be probably something after i don't even know if they ever really like destroyed their careers so much as they went quietly into the night who the offspring yeah, they just, I think, became less and less popular, that's all. I don't know that they ever, tr- like, you would know better than I. I don't remember them going off a cliff. 
No, the the offspring always they were never as big again, but they were also always kind of there, like the like the way the Foo Fighters or Weezer are. Like they never they're just survivors, and they were like heaven hits for another ten years. Like Tom Petty. Yeah, but the, anyway, I was saying like I remember both these albums sucking. I went back to them just you know for in preparation, and actually these. Sounds pretty good. I, they're fine. I um, like Americana. I, I, you know, again, uh, the the kids aren't all right. Is oh that's yeah. like one of my all time favorite songs of that whole decade. Um, it's, it's on. Uh, we just we discussed it last time, didn't we? Uh, I I said that. What, what was the movie? The Faculty. It's on the Faculty soundtrack. <laughs> that's how you know it's great. It's on the fact that's one of the all time uh, unsung films and unsung film soundtracks. The faculty. Yeah. Well, I remember what what spawned this particular episode is I was having a conversation with someone where we were arguing whether uh, the offspring signature song was either come out and play or self-esteem. So I put it up on our Twitter on the song versus song Twitter. And just, you know, just to fill out the poll, I also added the kids aren't all right and pretty fly for a white guy. And I was I put pretty fly for a white guy on there as kind of a joke. And it crushed all three other songs. I, 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 it's that's to this day. I don't to this day. Like it was that so many years ago, but since you published that poll, I still don't, I still don't understand. I never understand the polls. I mean, we did one, (laughs) you put that one up about Coldplay and that blew my fucking gasket too. (laughs) Yes, it did. Which is so, so stupid. It's just, it's just that they picked a song that uh, I was like, that song's so new. Meanwhile, it's like 13 years old. Yeah. Well, I also was thinking of putting a fifth, the fifth song I was thinking of putting up there was You're Gonna Go Far Kid, which is also from 2008. And, you know, that's the other Offspring song. Like, but I was like, that's from 2008. That cannot And a bunch pos- of people came and showed up in the comments, didn't they? A bunch yeah. of people were like, the right answer is, and I was like, no, it isn't. I mean, that's a fine song. It's not better than any of those other four songs, and it's also came out like it's the last song they ever made that anyone ever noticed. So, like, I don't know what you guys are doing. Uh, but I, I didn't realize Pretty Fly was that popular. I didn't realize, like, people who know nothing about The Offspring know that song. Even still, that song's like 25 years old. Like how does it how how has that survived? I didn't think yeah, I it would, know. but it, like it really has. I was really blown away. The idea that the kids aren't all right isn't the quintessential song because to me it's their best song as far as their singles go. Mm-hmm. It's just it's again it's driving. It's great. It it actually like it's like that feels totally timeless to me. That song I'm like no matter when I'm listening that song is always going to hit like ten out of ten. Exactly what is happening in the world no matter what it's always going to be right. You know, it's funny because I, I remember it was not a big hit at the time. It was like well behind uh, Pretty Fly for a White Guy and Why Don't You Get a Job. But it's had, it's had a lot of legs. People still really love that song too. Versus um, you would say Damn It is your favorite Blink-182 song? Yeah, that's the, I mean, of yes. I Again, I was not, Blink-182 is not one of the bands that before they got big I was super into. I'm sure there are good songs off those first couple records. But I remember Damn It coming out and being like, this is very good. This is a very good song. I definitely remember um, just the, yeah, the idea of, I guess this is growing up because I was also, you know, it was 97. I was, I was a junior in high school. I was thinking about college. So, you know, it was, it was a song that captured the moment for me. Yeah. Well, for me in hindsight, like, cause I was uh, almost immediately too good for Blink-182. And then I was like, but like going back, I feel like, there, there's stuff after End of the State is the, the stuff that really hits for me. Um, always and, you know, I Miss You. Stuff where they started to really stretch themselves before. These uh, are Bon Jovi songs. What are you talking about? Ha, 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 And then Tom went insane. Like, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of all of the, the shit that goes. He, he, I really liked Angels and Airways for the record, the, his side project. But like, I mean, look, man, this this happens too. It's like, uh, you know, it's like if you tell me, like, did you know that Fat Mike from No Effects lost it? No shit, Todd. Tell me another <laughs> one. Uh, it's always, 
It's always frustrating when bands you grew up loving have have people that go in a certain direction. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm okay. Well, I mean, I don't like. Can, can we ever even do a No Effects episode? It's so bad. Tom is a pretty harmless, crazy person. Yes, it's very different. It's yeah, it's like the it's like the Counting Crows guy. Like he he, you know, when I worked at Forbidden Planet in, in the city, it's a comic book store. He used to come in and buy like every comic on the stands because he had this compulsive need to get all that stuff. He's it was totally harmless. But like yeah. he was, he was clearly like a, he he was he had a chemical imbalance, and it was very plain to see. Like, but like he was hurting nobody with buying a lot of comics. Yeah, and Tom, if, you know, he believes in aliens. You know what? Fine. You know, there's. I mean, won't we look stupid if the aliens do exist? So you know, you. Well, you I keep mean, it's on, not. I mean, like, I, alien life. It's possible. I just. It's 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 the level of concern. That's <laughs> that's the thing that always gets me where I'm like, I don't you know, it's like how some people panic about death. And I'm like, well, I kind of get that. Like, you can't do anything about it. But like, I get it. But alien life, I'm like, you literally there's nothing. What are we what are we going to do about that? Nothing. We got way we got way bigger problems than aliens. So it's just <laughs> not really a high on my list of priorities right now. I have listened to, you know, Angels and Airwaves, and I've listened to the stuff Mark has made post-Tom post leaving Blink-182. I feel like the two of them kind of needed each other because without it, Tom just goes off in his own little world and it just does not make any fucking sense. Versus Mark, who's a... I'm, I'm going to say he's a tiny bit of a hack. He's... I've heard him called, like, the Mike Love to Tom's Brian Wilson which is a little <laughs> that is I don't you really got to earn that that's yeah. that is a hell of an insult yeah it's it's not as severe as that but it is true that mike is a i mean excuse me mark not mark not mike love mark is like a little more grounded a little more hacky wants the the hits versus tom who is the artist who needs someone to rein him the fuck in but like that's that's way after the fact i do like the the, the self-titled and, you know, the stay together for the kids and down. I miss you. I like that stuff. You know, it's weird. I should also mention like when I was re-listening to Enema of the State, Travis Barker, it turns out is really good at his job. Yeah. Yes. I mean, this was not, not a, not a new revelation to me. I did remember that like right away from like in 1999, everyone was like Travis Barker. Wow. He's the greatest drummer of all time. And, uh, you know, it's, that was not something we discovered recently, even though he's like the hot shit mega producer now. Great drummers. There are actually a lot of them. I have to say, like, in order to be, I mean, you can have, I guess, any old person play drums in your punk band, but you're not going to get very far if you don't have a, a, a pretty competent one, right? Otherwise, you're going to blend. That's, you know, part of the reason why I think so many punk bands become indistinguishable from the others is that that rhythm section isn't doing something that's interesting enough to separate it from everything else. Yeah, that's, you know, I, I remember uh, Pitchfork did a retrospective on Enema of the State and they got a quote from, um, what was that? What was the band Travis was in before Blink-22? Great question. The Aquabats. He was in the Aquabats. Oh, he was in the Aquabats? Yes. And then he jumped ship to Blink-182 and they got a quote from the guy from the Aquabats who was like, Travis, I mean, he didn't write the songs, but he basically wrote the songs like all the musical ideas are his, all the arrangements, all the, you know, he structured everything, which, you know, considering, like I said, he's the big pop punk mega producer now, which makes perfect sense to me. He's, you know, he's doing all that shit with Machine Gun Kelly and with uh, Willow Smith and like it just sound. No, that shit sounds great. That shit sounds absolutely fucking great. But uh, man, Aquabats! You're talking about the, the 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 turn off the idiot box guys. Yes, yeah, so that's them. It's a disease, just like the chicken box. Hey, <laughs> that one. And yeah. the the two songs I remember from that band from that era was that one, and uh, my favorite song, Pinch and Roll, which is a song about how you don't scratch your balls, you do the pinch and roll when you have itchy balls. It's a whole song about that. And I was like, what the hell? And then I was like, oh, that's, ladies, true. <laughs> it's a thing that people do if they, ha- anyway, I, I just, it, I just, man, the Aquabats, a very specific memory that that conjure up, <laughs> conjures up in me. 
is everybody do the pinch and roll. I just, it's, it's terrible. Terrible and true. The song I remember from them was called pool party. And it was about having a pool party. (laughs) They were not, they were not complex. They were very presidents of the United States of America. You know, like we got really Mm -hmm. drunk and recorded this album. Like everything's very literal. Everything's very on its face. Um, Man, can I can I can I cite a thing that I really like about Pretty Fly for a White Guy? I found this on song, songfacts.com because we were, we're we're reaching the point where I feel like we get we should we should do some of these fun facts before we go to the questions. Okay. Um you know that part of the song that they go uno dos tres cuatro cinco cinco seis that part? Mhm. Uh so according to songfacts.com, that part that line was sung by Higgins XX13 the cousin of a member of the band's internet mailing list. Not even on the mailing list. Do you know what that makes me think of? As soon as I heard that, I was like, well, then what does that make us? (laughs) Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing, which is what you are about to become. That's all I could think of. I was like, this is straight up just a line from Spaceballs. (laughs) It also made me think, man, it must have been pretty easy to get access to them at the time if they had, you know, a, an internet mailing list. How many people were on the internet mailing list? I They probably read a lot of that stuff if you think about it. Yeah, I remember I was on weirdal.com. God, I'm a nerd. But, like, he would answer his own mail. Like, literally, you know, and that was, like, pretty amazing to think about now because there were so few people on the goddamn internet. I bet you felt pretty fly. <laughs> For a rabbi, no. Yeah, that makes me think of the naming ceremony I went to just the other day. There wasn't actually a rabbi there, but uh, I was glad that it was a naming ceremony for a girl because it meant no breasts, no virtual breasts. I mean, I guess if you've got to go to a breast, a virtual one's the way to go. But, uh, you know, anyway, the point is that pretty fly for a rabbi is fun, but nothing is going to top the fact that... uh, it just is a Spaceballs quote. That's it. Like, that's just straight out of Spaceballs. It seems, yeah, like, I do. it seems like I could have said uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, cinco, seis. Like, that's just so right. It's like six degrees of the offspring. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is the thing that it makes me think is that, yeah, like, you just, we were all that close. You know, if I would spending a little less time going in AOL chat rooms I, and a little more time trying to be friends with the offspring, perhaps I would be friends with the offspring. You know, I instead of instead of friends with people on YouTube. Ugh, well, yeah, you could have been so much cooler by association. It's true. Yeah, it's it's really paid off dividends for me, as everybody <laughs> knows how cool I seem because I'm friends with YouTubers. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't. And also have, we didn't really even talk about uh, the fact that the music video was directed by none other than mm-hmm. what are you going to do about this guy, McG? Oh, God. Mick G. Mick G defined my 1999 before he started making shitty movies. But like every like Mick G videos are how I imagine 1999. He also did uh, All Star by Smash Mouth. I can't believe I didn't have that album because I really wanted it because I loved All Star so much. But I never got uh, Astro Lounge by Smash Mouth. Wait, was it uh, that was that would have been their second album, right? Because they yes. weren't. It wasn't on the first album. The first no. album was "Might as Well Be Walking on the Sun." That's "Fush You Mang." God, how do I still remember all this shit? I mean, I I had All Star, but I didn't have it on the on that CD. You had you it know, on the very full well. Yes, that's I right. The, the soundtrack for Mystery Men. Bunch of fucking that's little. The, kids. That's the only reason to have that song. <laughs> Bunch of fucking little kids thought you were going to say the Shrek soundtrack. That's right. Shut up, losers. No, that's mean. No, that's it's terrible. always going to be the Mystery Men song for me, not the song from Shrek. We're way off topic. We sure are. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, one last question. Which song okay. has the better riff? Oh, hmm. That's harder than I, you, I, you know, I thought it was going to be. But, like, both of these riffs go pretty fucking hard. Yeah, they're pretty good. Um <sighs> I don't know. I think in that case, I probably would give it to Blink-182. Wow, I'd go the other way on that one. Boy, we are just opposing forces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a killer riff. 
It is very good. Yeah, I think it's a little heavier. Um, yeah, which I do, which I do like. Man, so you didn't you didn't want to talk about the 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 adult film star that was on the on the album cover of Enema uh, of the State and was in this music video? I'll tell you what. Uh, don't don't look up how her life went because it's she's had she's had some bad luck over the years. It right. hasn't gone great. Yeah, I but saw she's that very too, but she's like, very she's great on the looks great on the cover. Yeah, uh, I like that they got in trouble. You know, they had to put out a second version of that of that album cover. Oh, really? What do what could yes. it even be? I can't even imagine it without that that woman with the the, the gloves on it's, her. Cover. Well, there's. It's only one change. It has nothing to do with her per se. There is one element of her clothing. It's the hat. It uh-huh. has the red cross symbol on it. And the red cross got mad and was like, this is against the Geneva Convention. So they really? had to get rid of it. Yes. <laughs> I love that so much. What a weird flex. Oh, man. I just uh, looked it up. and I'm, I, I, There's a picture I think was from a the the CD booklet of you know the the three guys in their underwear and uh, I guess uh, the the porn star is about to give them a big injection in their butts. Anyway, I'm just looking at them and like the two main guys, Mark and Tom, making goofy faces, and over on the side is Travis looking way too cool for this shit, just kind of like he always did. Yeah, he was always too cool for this nonsense. It was very silly and stupid and dumb. And why? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's fine. I, I, yeah, I just, I think that damn it was sort of the last time that I really was into them. I thought all the small things was good pop, but it really just felt like once you get to Anima of the State, if I can't help but go, guys, grow up. <laughs> Can you grow, make music from, for, for that are, that's your age? I remember being 23 and I definitely don't remember. Still doing crank calls. I don't remember any of that. Like, I don't know why. And I guarantee you don't do it. I bet you anything. And if you are, that's sad. Well, that's, that's sad. It. You're you're rich. Do something with your money. I don't know. Have fun. I, I absolutely go, go, go help the starving childrens of wherever. Like, I don't know. I absolutely anything. believe Mark Hoppus was still doing prank calls at age 23. <laughs> Were they even? Tw- I didn't even check. I really should have checked the math to be like, were they even twenty three? No, actually, uh, even? Uh, Mark was actually thirty seven in nineteen ninety nine. So is that true? No, I'm just. I don't know. Here. You said that out. I man, you said that with such a straight face. Yeah, that uh, I believed it. I believe it. I'm that still was more an Evan Hansen level. Evan Hansen level lie. <laughs> so so realistic was it? Yes. You should sing a whole song about it. Oh man, well. We'll, we'll see how the uh, the vote goes for the next uh, bonus episode. But <laughs> Oh, God. You said we shouldn't do it, but if they vote for us to talk about Dear Evan Hansen, it's going to happen. Okay. It's not like we'll have any shortage of things to say. <laughs> no. Well, anyway, I think um, I think I still have to go with uh, What's My Age Again. I, I, Pretty Fly for a White Guy is a much better song than I remember it being, but I think I still have to go with the one that was much more important to people's souls than pretty fly for a white guy ever was. Matter of fact, I was just looking for this picture just now. And I just saw a big things like alt press. Why enema of the state is the best pop punk album of all time. Like I, I, uh, who am I to argue with alternative press.com rain and alternative press.com. <laughs> who are you? All right. We want who to- are you? Maybe I, I bet I could find a poet laureate who would disagree. Yes. And then I could say, who are you guys? This is the Poet Laureate. Want to do the questions? That Poet Laureate knows about punk. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> We're doing, we got these questions we do. See, they help us answer the 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 age old, which song is better query in a way mm. that's better than the last 50 some odd minutes that you listen to. So in a way, it's like you wasted all that time. Anyway, mm. here are the four questions. Question number one. It's actually been so long. I was like, what are the questions? <laughs> yeah. Um, the first question is, Sometimes things get deleted. They get lost to time. And one of these songs is going to disappear forever, lost to the memory of humans. And one of them, one of them gets to stick around. For the culture, Todd, which one of these songs has to stay? Well, I mean, I just said, you know, like the Simple Plan guy was like, this kind of music from the here on out doesn't exist without uh, What's My Age Again. 
So I have to go with Pretty Fly for a white guy because Simple Plan fucking sucked. Always. Always. No, I'm kidding. I, 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 there was, I liked 2000s pop punk except for Simple Plan. I, I have to give it to, you know, what's my age again. Yeah. I get it. I get it. And I can see the argument. I think that for me, it really, again, it's just the same thing. I want to keep pretty fly for a white guy because it's the most effective that white men have done of making fun of cultural appropriation. I don't know that it has ever been done better before or since. No amount of tweeting is ever going <laughs> to do a better job than pretty fly for a white guy. No, I, you listen to that song and you're like, oh, right. I shouldn't do this. It's bad. I look like a fool. Yeah, whenever I see someone doing something cringy like Katy Perry trying to dab or something like that. <laughs> what a perfect example. Yes. I always, always, always think of that dance that the fly white guy does right towards there. Like, yay, yay, look at me. I'm B-boy dancing. It's like it will always immediately come to mind. But I, I, I'm still going with what's my age again. All right. Fair enough. We're, we're divided so far. Mm -hmm. uh, question number two. You could be a fly on the wall, Todd. A pretty fly experience, on the wall. Yeah, pretty fly <laughs> on the... <laughs> you, know, you could experience soup to nuts, whole thing. Uh, just the entire composition of the track. You can, uh, you can see the music video be made. You can see blink 182 running around bare ass naked even though they really didn't for most of that entire music video but you could mm -hmm. there is a point in which they are completely naked and they talk about how disgusting the beef wand that is external genitalia looks mm -hmm. when you see it attached to your own body flopping around as you run um which one of these ones is the one that you want to you want to witness the offspring as much as i like them i feel like blink 182 would be more interesting to see in the studios especially since they were i think already fracturing by that point like tom was already going crazy and like i love drama i do i do so i think i would want to watch blink 22 in action also I, I just like watching travis barker drum i uh i saw him perform with the transplants at warp tour once and it was great yeah, I think I can agree. I think this the idea of watching some other person's drama does sound like a that sounds like a relief to me. <laughs> <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> uh, oh, the rich people, they're just like us. Um <laughs> All right. Uh question number 3. Megan the Stallion. Well, it's uh summer's over, but she's still going to get up to some hot girl shit as she does. And uh, she's going to listen to one of these two songs as she prepares for an evening of hot girl shit. Which one of these two songs, for now and forever, Todd, is hot girl shit? It's got to be What's My Age Again. Again, like, I, I just don't see Pretty Fly for a White Guy as hot girl shit. That's about making other people feel bad about their horrible life choices. Versus what's my age again is a celebration of yourself. I, f I feel pretty solid about that one. Do you have a different take on this one? Um, hmm. Do I think it's possible that Megan the Stallion likes Pretty Fly for a White Guy? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do I think it makes it hot girl shit? No. Yeah, I this, agree with you. Yeah, I think it's a, what, Blink is running away with this one, I feel like. But well, wait a minute. There's, I, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We've still got one more. And this obviously, again, question four, not just the most important question that we ask in the podcast, but also just the most important question in, in the history of, of all questions. William Shatner, soon to be space Shatner. He's going to space. I don't know if you knew that. I did. William Shatner is going to space. By the way, my guess is that he is going into space to die. <laughs> That's my bet. That's my bet is that he was like, you know what? I'm 90. I'm going out anyway. I'm going to go out on top. And by on top, I mean I'm so high up that I'm in space. And he's going to see, you know, because they, they, Jimmy Dewan, they, uh, they like, I think he shot his remains into space. And I just think he's mad. He can't let Scotty win. That's right out. <laughs> anyway, uh, William Shatner. <laughs> Thespian, uh, uh, s s 
space astronaut, apparently, um, soon to be space corpse, if, if I'm right in my guess. And also singer, performer of songs in a way. He's going to do a Shatner version of one and only one of these two songs. Todd, I bring it to you. Which of these songs must be shat upon? Okay. Before I give you my answer, this is absolutely a question where there is no wrong answer. Like, he could absolutely kill all of these. And it would be very hilarious for him to do What's My Age Again at age 90. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, it would be good. Because that is certainly a man who does not know his own age. No, if you told me that he still does, like, crank calls and stuff... I would believe it. I would. But I really feel that as an actor, which is how he delivers all his lines, people think of him as his, you know, his, you know, airiness when he's doing, you know, Rocket Man and shit like that. And Mr. Tambourine Man. But I feel like he could put a lot of real anger and disgust into Pretty Fly for a white guy just describing he didn't have ice cubes, so he got vanilla ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that my concern for that, I mean, I think you're right, but yeah. I, ha- I have, as, as I was considering this, uh, first of all, I thought, well, it wins by default because it has pretty fly for a rabbi and that automatically kind of like, when there's a, sh- there's a, when there's a weird owl version, it's sort of like, mm-hmm. It doesn't officially mean it wins the Shatner question, but it does sort of lean it in that direction for me for some reason. But my here's my my doubt, my one thing. What if Shatner doesn't get it? And he's going for it and he's saying, he's starting, you remember that time where um, he had to recite a line and the line involved the word sabotage? And he said sabotage. I did not know. And they were that. like, and they were like, and you do this line again, but say it's sabotage. And he was like, I don't say sabotage. <laughs> you may say sabotage. I say sabotage. I think he would start doing, he would go, all the girls say, I'm pretty fly for a pretty fly for a while. You know, I think I'm pretty fly for any kind of person. <laughs> you know, when, and then he would just go off on a on a tangent about like what does this mean? I don't know. I've seen his Twitter. I think he like what if he got it wrong and started thinking this was some kind of like riff on all and he'd be like, you know, not all white people. You know, I'm just a fear of this. This is my concern. No, like when we talk about white people acting black, some people dislike it out of respect for black culture, and some people dislike it out of disrespect for black culture. And that is I, true. I feel like Shatner would uh, lean on the, on the that side of it because he's a cranky old man. I'm going to say it's pretty fly for a white guy. That's where I'm putting it. Okay. I'm going to throw caution to the wind. I don't know why we thought about it so hard, but here we are. We've arrived. That's my opinion. So we're pretty even. Yeah. We're pretty even. I would say that, you know, we were at odds in the first question. We both agreed Blink-182. So it's still leaning Blink. Mm-hmm. Offspring was always going to be the underdog in this. What are the what are the listener comments? What 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 do those folks have to say? DK Jones writes, "This is so hard. On the one hand, What's My Age Again is the better song. On the other hand, the lead singer from The Offspring is helping cure AIDS. Do you know this? He's like a no. like a no. He's like a molecular biologist. He's he's like publishing shit about Emma." RNA vaccines and like actual like medical publications and shit. I mean, that's cool. He's pretty fly. Yeah. For a white guy. He is in fact white and he is in fact pretty fly. Um, I mean, that's cool. I don't know that it has anything to do with the quality of these songs, <laughs> yes. but but I appreciate the this additional insight. Way more interesting than my, my Spaceballs nonsense. No, it's yeah. not. My Spaceballs thing was great. Good. Continue. Quick, quick, quick comment. Thank you. Okay. Thomas Carmody writes, What's My Age Again gets the vote for the simple fact that it doesn't tease me with an intro that makes me think I'm about to listen to a much better song. Gunter Glieben, Glaus and Globen. You know what that's from? That's, that's from Rock of Ages, from Def Leppard. I know. I don't know if I would. Hmm. I can I can see it. I don't know that I agree. Yeah. Uh. You know, 
back in the day when I heard Gunter Glieben, Glaus and Globen, it would like freak me out when it was Rock of Ages. And now I now Rock of I've heard Rock of Ages enough that I, I think of Def Leppard now when I think of Gunter Glieben, Glaus and Globen and not Pretty Fly for a White Guy. And now when <laughs> when the Pretty Fly drums come in, I get weirded out. I was like, no, that's wrong. It's wrong. Okay. Omega Geek writes. Back in the late 90s, I knew two different guys who epitomized each song, except without the self-awareness. The What's My Age Again guy is now a mechanic with a beer gut, and the Pretty Fly guy is a youth pastor in Ohio. You know, I, I wouldn't have predicted that from the immature guy, but like the Pretty Fly white guy becoming a youth pastor, that tracks. That absolutely tracks. Yeah, I was just imagining that that guy like spinning his cap sideways and like yep. spinning his chair around and... <laughs> you know, yeah, rapping to you in some folksy terms, you know. Yeah, I want to talk to you about why the only drug you need is Jesus. Yeah, that's that absolutely happens. All right. If Jesus is code for weed. You're right. <laughs> All right. Felix Orion writes, it's fitting that you selected two of the most immature songs I've ever heard for your 69th episode. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? I haven't checked, but two different people said that. So... <laughs> That's pretty good. In fact, why did I say that? You know what the right response to that is. Nice. <laughs> good work. Uh, Thank you for that comment. That might that might be the comment of the episode for sure. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Bo DeRay writes, I keep upping the age in What's My Age Again. A few years after it was released, I could sing 33, then 43. Pretty soon it'll be 53. And caller ID no longer exists. It's a relic, uh, like, like us, I guess. Yeah, I'm coming up on that now. I realize. Yeah, I'll be able to say 43 in less than two years. Ha! Huh. Can't, can't wait. Can't God. wait. Enjoy. You've got plenty of time. You'll be <laughs> fine. Okay. Morgan Schmidt writes: The flow on Pretty Fly sounds like the DK rap. <laughs> Oh, 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 man, I had a buddy that worked in a GameStop that had the demo set up mm -hmm. for the for for Donkey Kong 64. And so he would just be they just put it on. And every time it turned on, it would just play it through. So his entire eight hour shift was hearing the DK rap over and over again. You know, it's kind of hard to get along today. DK. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. Wow, you are absolutely right, dude. All right. Susan Fraser writes, I always thought it was weird the Spanish language counted five twice. I don't, well, you know what that makes me think of is, uh, what's the U2 song where they go, Uno, Dos, Tres, Tres Catorce? Catorce. It's Vertigo. <sighs> okay, the All winners. Right. Who, who's the winner? I know, I already, man, I already know that, that there's no way that the Offspring won this one, but I would be curious to see how, how much the loss was. How, how much you think? Uh, I think that it is probably reasonably brutal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think it's probably like a 65-35 type of situation. I don't know. We've, to me, because we've had so many blowouts, like to me, that's like a pretty close competitive match, 65-35. For a total of 445 to 294, that's a 60-40 split. The question is, what's my age again? And the answer is Blink-182. That didn't make a fucking lick of sense. But no, nope, you, you tried it. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, the question is who won. The answer is Blink-182. Yeah. So it was a, uh, the offspring did much better than I thought they would. Like I, I thought I it mean, was going to be brutal too. I truly do think that if you give it a shot, you will realize that it is at the instinct is to say that song has aged terribly. But when you actually listen to it, and then, you know, I mean, uh, this is just a one person's opinion, but it seemed to be one that we shared. Yeah. It has actually aged a lot better than you think it will. Yeah. Than you think uh, it would have. Aged a lot better than uh, What's My Age Again? Yeah. That's a, like I, I said, that's a dated song. Caller ID. Can you even do prank calls anymore? You'll just get uh, hung up on. If you could still do prank calls. If people still do prank calls, tell us if there's if there's this if you're a bunch of jerky boys out there, let us know. All right. Well, you now know you where, can tell me. <laughs> you know where to find us, everybody. We're on Song versus Song Pod on Twitter. We're on Song versus Song on Patreon, where you can give us money 
and you can vote on what our next bonus episode is going to be. If you give us a lot of money, you can help us pick what the episode will be. Like, you can put in a suggestion, and we'll let people vote on it. Or if you can't do that, just say nice things about us. We're nice people. Give us good reviews. Tell your friends. Did I forget anything? You lie to them, Todd. Tell them that we're nice. <laughs> you ready for the next one? Yes. All right. We are going to do Karma, 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 Chameleon by Culture Club versus Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go by Wham. Oh. Oh. Okay. That'll be fun. Some 1980s stuff. That'll be, that'll be, that'll be cool. That'll be very cute. That'll be very sweet. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. Thanks for putting up with us. <laughs> All right. Great. Bye. Bye. Bye.